Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome into the show, and this is Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. I'm Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. You know what? I I just got to get it out there. I got to tell you, I'm in day five of this radio show. (sighs) This radio gig, man, it's a lot of fun. I like it. It's only one hour. And as I said on Monday, we try to jam a lot into one hour. On the program today, my guest will be St. Louis native, former PGA professional Jay Delsing. Now, full disclosure, I love golf. I know some of you don't. And I know a lot of you, with your newfound time during this quarantine, are playing a ton of golf. But the reason I wanted to get Jay Delsing on is that one of the first, if not the first, of the major professional sports to be back on your television will be a skins game coming up to benefit COVID-19 relief. Well, I love the idea of doing this as a guy that plays golf and will watch golf daily on the Golf Channel. I'm curious how they're going to be able to pull this off. From the actual golf being played, you got to have social distancing, to not touching the rakes in the sand traps, don't touch the pin on the green, what about the caddies? Can they be around the players? The sport seems like it could be one that uh, can work out during these tough times of a pandemic, but there's still a lot of questions. And I'll visit with Jay Delsing. Now let's get to some of the news of the day, and we will start with baseball. More and more, we're hearing reports about the game of baseball coming back. Well, I ask these questions every day, and I generally get people guessing on the other end of the phone because that's all that we're doing right now. However, yesterday, a guy who would know told me he thought we would get an announcement in the next two weeks that spring training would begin roughly June the 10th and the season would begin roughly July the 1st. Now, he has some inside information, but none of that information is is guaranteed yet. That's what we're all waiting for. And there are roadblocks all along the way here that could stop any sort of plan as could a bunch of positive tests and everything else but i i think and it's just a gut feel uh from the people i've spoken to that i think we'll be playing major league baseball games sometime in july without fans in the stands and if we could get an 80 to 100 game season in I think we should take it and run. It was Tim Kirkchen with Randy and Michelle this week on their show. He mentioned roadblocks, but I like to be positive. Take it and run. Count me in. Let's do it, Tim. What are some of those roadblocks for baseball? As it looks like, we're getting closer to maybe having it. Number one, it's an easy one. That's testing. Is there enough testing readily available for players to be safe? That is number one. Now, there has been talk that spring training could begin and stay in St. Louis. County Executive Sam Page. Well, what we need to get through this epidemic until we have a vaccine, until we have effective medical therapies, we need to be able to to test uh, individuals who have symptoms or have been exposed to someone who has symptoms. We need to be able to test them. We need to be able to isolate them and uh, find the people that they've come in contact and give those individuals instructions about symptoms and exposure in quarantines. And that uh, testing, isolation, contact tracing, and quarantine process is extraordinarily important so we can focus on individuals who are sick, who are exposed, and let the others move about more freely. We know that when we ease social distancing guidelines, there will be um, an uptick of the spread of the virus in our community. We'll be watching that very closely. We'll be watching the testing numbers. We'll be watching hospital admissions. 
and we'll be tracking this. We also know that many individuals will just not be ready to come out of their homes. They'll want to they'll want to stay home. They'll want to work from home whenever possible. And um, we know that there will not be a, a big surge of activity as our residents are cautious and are watching the testing results and waiting to see what happens. So that's a general idea for testing in our area for the general public and then the testing for pro sports. In this case, Major League players. Speaking of the players, another roadblock. I know you don't want to hear it, but it is true, and it's money. We know that games will not be played without fans in the stands initially. So there has to be give and take between the owners on this particular subject. Unemployment skyrocketing through the country. Man, you would like to think that smarter and cooler heads would prevail to allow games to be played if it could be done and compensation can be worked out. One of the biggest questions that I have, and there are a ton of these, what does the league do if a player tests positive? In the KBO, Korean Baseball Organization, the league shuts down for three weeks, no questions asked. Does that happen with MLB? We should have answers shortly on some of these questions when baseball presents another proposal to the Players Association that should come in the next week or so. Jeff Passan of ESPN. In order for baseball to come back, it also needs the backing of the federal government all the way up to the White House, as well as the backing of health experts and officials whose gravitas and authority is going to really lend credence to this plan because we have to understand the environment in which baseball would be coming back. The coronavirus is still here and we still have no idea where it's going. So let's have a little fun with this. Let's just say that baseball is going to come back, and you're going to have your favorite local nine on the field for spring training 2.0, let's say by June 15th. For the Cardinals, who benefits the most on their team with this layoff? The first ones that come to mind, this is easy, guys that were hurt at the end of spring training, Andrew Miller, the lefty out of the bullpen, starter Miles Michaelis, Brett Cecil. They were all coming off of injury at the end of spring. But there are two players that could really help. There was no closer at the end of spring, but there might be one at the end of this regular season, a shortened season. And that's Jordan Hicks returning from Tommy John. Now, here's what I think. You'd like to ease him into a role, and do I think that's what the Cardinals would do? Yes. But he might be available at the end of the year. Another player, potentially, Dylan Carlson. Now, I'm not so sure he would have broken with the Cardinals going north to Cincinnati for opening day. But here's the deal. He had one of the best springs of anybody in camp, and there's no doubting that. The DH very well could be in play. That could be where you fit him in. It's another position player. If this will be a shortened season and time is of the essence, every win is magnified, then he just might give you the best chance to win. So do the Cardinals want to add him to the 40-man roster? Currently, he's not on that. And you would have to think that rosters will be expanded because of a shortened spring. Starters won't go deep. You're going to need a ton of pitching. Players can't play every day in the field. The Cardinals will have to make the choice to start his clock, and that means a year closer to arbitration. That hasn't stopped them in the past. Dylan Carlson is on the table today. As we wait for baseball, we wait for every single sport to try to come up with a plan, a decision to either finish the NHL or, in this case, the NBA. The NBA targeted today, this morning, for teams to open their practice facilities to a limited number of players at a time, but just a few teams, the Cavs, 
Trailblazers, the Nuggets, maybe another team or two plan to make their facility available. There are some that have said that the NBA believes it needs 15,000 coronavirus tests to get through a resumption of the season to end. That would include the league being in a bubble environment, and they had to test everybody who was in there. Now, there are some teams that will not be testing players as they enter their team facilities. One of the guys that says, I want no part of it, at least for right now, is Mavs owner Mark Cuban. He said the team will not open its facilities because, in part, quote, we can't test people, then we can't assure anybody's safety, whether they're basketball players or anybody else. And that is Mark Cuban. Now, we are talking golf with Jay Delsing in just a moment. Brooks Kepka, who won the PGA here at Bell Reeve a couple of years ago, talked about the return of golf and where his place might be. Whenever that first tournament is, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be ready. Um, it's just exciting just to have something to look forward to. I think that was that was what was killing everybody is the unknown. You know, you're sitting there, okay, you're trying to train, you're trying to do everything, um, you know, the best you can. Um, you know, don't have weights here. Um, had to go get some. Um, you just, you're not used to doing the things that you're used to doing. So just to have something back now where it's okay, we can, we can get back into the, into the swing of things and start looking forward to, to playing golf again and competitively. Cause it's one thing to just go play with your boys and then it's a complete another thing to actually go out and go tee it up in a real thing. And what about golf with no fans? I think it's going to be interesting when the fans come back. Obviously, look, as, as an athlete, nobody wants to be playing, um, just, without fans yeah. it's it's what creates the energy but i think now looking at it it's going to be interesting how close they're going to be able to let fans um because golf i mean if you've ever been to augusta i mean you can stand on those tee boxes and you can pretty much reach out and grab the guy um as he's swinging you can get pretty close to us and I, you just wonder how how weird it is going to be going forward um you know whether they're going to be pushed back um, further, you know, you look at like an NBA or baseball, do they redo the seating a little bit? Um, you know, you, you never know um, what's going to happen, but hopefully, and hopefully we just get fans. I mean, that's where the energy is. That's what makes it fun. And who doesn't love, you know, hitting like a crowd pleaser and, and everybody goes nuts. So we're going to get into that with Jay Delsing. Golf with no fans. What does that mean really for the sport of golf? What role does the caddy play? Can you have social distancing in golf? It's coming in a skins game, but really, we're about a month away from having an actual tour event. Jay Delsing, those questions and more, your text, 65780. Let's do it on a Friday on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. This is Scoops with Danny Mac and 101 ESPN. Again, the text line is wide open, 65780 on the Air Comfort text line. Also drop us a mic drop, Rhino mic drop here on 101 ESPN. Something that is coming up, and whether you're a golf fan or not, it's going to be watched with great interest because it'll be the first live sporting event that we have seen since everything was shut down. The Cardinals were one of the last games to play, if not the last sporting event, on a Thursday down in Jupiter. And now we have the TaylorMade Driving Relief Skins match. And $3 million in charity at least will be uh, made up with this. It's at Seminole, which is a great golf course down in West Palm Beach. The world number one, Rory McIlroy, 
20-time PGA Tour winner Dustin Johnson teaming up against two Oklahoma State University alumni, PGA Tour superstar Ricky Fowler and 2019 first-time tour winner and the national champion of 2019, Matthew Wolf. And to bring it in and to give us some perspective on this is Jay Delsing. He hosts Golf with Jay Delsing every Sunday on 101 ESPN. Played a number of years on the PGA Tour. Has broadcast some major events as well. And Jay, it's uh, great to hear your voice and uh, to have a chance to connect. I hope you and everybody in your family is doing well, healthy, and uh, how are you doing? Uh, Danny, thanks Thanks for the, the kind words. I am doing kind of fine, I guess, a little uh, insane, maybe more than normal, just a little bit of groundhog day that we have going on here. But I got to tell you, it's so nice to hear your voice in the middle of the day. Again, you know, I'm a huge Blues and huge Cardinal fan and uh, text you all the time while the broadcast is going on. And I, <laughs> I just, I just, I just miss hearing hearing your voice and watching the Cardinals, man. I miss it too. I wanted to get you on because I'm fascinated at how this will work. When you have CDC guidelines, social distancing, guys that maybe have to touch the rake in a sand trap or whatever the case may be, the pin on a green. How are you hearing how this is going to work with some of the guidelines that we're all trying to deal with in our everyday lives? Well, right. I mean, it's it's really exciting for me, Danny, for golf to be the first uh, big sport back. I mean, we're not a major of the big four, but it's really just going to be awesome to have something like this on television. And the TaylorMade uh, driving relief is, is really going to be a fun event at Seminole, as you said. You know, Danny, I don't, there's a couple of ways they can handle the bunkers. And, and um, I uh, talked to Scott Holdis, who runs the Missouri Golf Foundation, and he asked me, you know, what should we do in these uh, amateur qualifiers about the bunkers? Should we have certain gloves for people? You know, there's there's just a whole wide variety of, of things that they're trying to do to keep people safe. And I think what we came up for the amateurs is to just play the ball up in the bunkers. Really, it's, it's, it's odd, it's unusual, it's not necessarily perfect way to do it, but that's what we'll, um, well, they should do for these, for these amateurs. Now, for the TaylorMade uh, driving relief, these bunkers will be cared for, and then they'll probably have a volunteer, you know, rake those bunkers and be in charge of one specific rake for one bunker and take care of that and, uh, when, this, when this event comes on TV. Could be a little different though, Danny, when they open up at the Schwab Challenge the second week of June down in Fort Worth at Colonial. So that I've heard a lot of different things, but nothing has been settled on. There's there's talk, Danny, that there may not be they may not allow caddies for the first uh, four events or so that the players will just be out there on their own, and that'll be an entirely different. Um, uh, Oh, man, just a whole different energy out there. It'll, it'll be different for the players. Yeah, you're not going to have spectators. You may not have caddies. Tell me, as being a guy that played on the tour for a long time and still you make a living out of golf, Jay Delsing, our guest, um, how important the caddy is. Some people, the casual fan says, well, he's just carrying a bag. Well, the caddy does so much more than that. So if you don't have a caddy, what would that do for the player? Well, you're so right, Danny. And some players rely on the caddies a tremendous amount. When I played, I did not rely on my caddies a whole lot. They they did yardages and things like that, which I could I also did myself, uh, just to feel like I was in the game. But you look at the way the excuse me the, the PGA Tour is today, and the Michael Grellers and Jordan Spieth of the world, and 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 these guys are talking about their team 
and a, and a caddy is in there on, I mean, they're consulting caddies, Danny, on 50-yard shots from the middle of the fairway with perfect lies. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you need to know? <laughs> right. You know, this is a shot you've hit 5,000 times, you know, and you know how to do this. But these guys get into a routine and they almost get, um, they almost lean on them almost a little too much, Danny. It's one of the things, in my opinion, that has slowed us down time-wise. There's been a lot of bitching that goes around that, the, you know, the, around the golf takes too long. And I'm a fast player myself. And I think, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting without having the caddies. It'll be a real change for some players. And I think you'll see certain players, Danny, not play because of it. For a guy like me that is so intrigued with how they present the game on television, I'm going to ask this question to you. What will go into this type of broadcast when they go play the Schwab in early June, as you mentioned? And, uh, you know, what's normally going into it? And what do you think they're going to do to make sure they try to present it the best way they can, but yet having fewer people as a part of the broadcast? Because you have done this. You have broadcast major events. So give me just a general feeling of how that's going to be presented on television. Yeah, Dan, a great catch there because CBS, I've talked to the guys at CBS, they typically send somewhere between 250 and 325 people uh, to, to help them run these shows. Okay, and you've been back in the trucks, and you know how how it is. It is a huge undertaking. Well, CBS is sending somewhere between seventy five and eighty people to Colonial, and from what I've understood, Jim Nance is going to be the only broadcaster that's going to be on site, and everybody else is going to be calling golf from a remote location on their monitor. And Danny, I've done this with PGA Tour Live. It is really not easy. And, and you, we're all going to notice differences in this coverage, but I think you're going to hear a lot more vague commentary from some of these uh, broadcasters because there are going to be certain situations that are almost going to be impossible to describe Give me, when you're uh, sitting in your office. Yeah, absolutely. Give me, from a player's perspective, you know, when you're thinking of hockey, basketball, baseball, they feed off the crowd. A lot of times with golf, it's very quiet. It's very, very... Um, gentlemanly, if you will. So not having a crowd there, is that a big deal for golfers? Oh, Danny, I think it is because what happens is, you know, I've always wondered why they don't just let the crowd be the crowd. You know what I mean? The constant yelling, screaming, and all that, just let them do it. It's the gentlemanly aspect of the game and the history of the game is where that's come from. But what's interesting, Danny, is that when you pull something off, the the noise level and the fan eruptions are just legendary so when i had folks out at bell reef in 2018 and i was taking them around and watching tiger on sunday danny was just spectacular because when tiger did something well he had an entirely different sound to the sure. horn and the clapping and to the applause and so you know tiger making a clutch par putt compared to brooks kepka making a, a hell of a birdie putt tiger's roar was even louder you know and so they're for me personally, I loved playing in front of people. It almost felt like, you know, I felt like, oh, gosh, these guys are coming out. I want to give them a good show. I want to hit some good shots. So these guys, you know, have something to remember and, and to think that the day was special in some way or another. So for certain players, it's going to make a big difference. For others, like I, I know Brooks Kepka has already come on record, said he doesn't want to play if there are going to be spectators. What do you It'll be interesting. 
Yeah, it will be. What are you hearing about the testing for the players? What What are they going to do to test every day and to make sure everybody is is okay and safe? Well, I think I think that's the biggest. I think right now that's the biggest um, hang up with with the plans. They've got to figure out, you know, how often do the players get tested? You know, are we going to have a locker room, Danny? Think about that. I mean, there's 156 people that you know the field will be cut in half. So you take you take 78 people. And they're in the locker room, and you have attendance, and those those facilities just aren't that big. And trying to space lockers out and things like that, it's not going to be easy. I I don't know. Those are my two biggest concerns. What are they going to do with clubhouse areas so you have family dining and all those things like that, and and locker rooms, and then the testing. And and I have not heard back on whether they're going to get tested every day, if they're going to get tested, you know, at the beginning of the week, and then maybe once in the middle of the week and once at the end. But there's going to have to be some sort of system in place where folks know that they're safe. One of the really cool things about Bell Reeve and about the other events that are golf-related here in St. Louis is the crowd support. So we don't know about baseball. We don't know about hockey. Still, though, that's on schedule is the Ascension Charity Classic in uh, in North County, which you hope to play in. Uh, which is part of the Champions Tour. And Nick Ragon, our friend, and Steve Spratt have done a great job of, of getting the word out to to get people excited. This could be one of the only events we have in town. We don't know that yet, but how excited is the golf community about the Ascension Charity Classic coming to Norwood and St. Louis? Oh, my gosh, Danny. The, the, after what happened in Belle Reve in 2018, you know, this is just going to – this comes right at the right time for the community, for the golf fans. And like you said, Nick Ragone and Steve Spratt and that whole Ascension organization, man, they step up to the plate in a massive way. And you and I have been doing some things together to, you know, to try to raise some of the awareness. And it's been really, really fun. Prior to this COVID, you know, virus coming in, we, we were we were off and running and doing some really, really exciting things with, with many companies in town. And I'm sure that once we get our, our – our hands around how this has got to work, then, um, you know, this, this community is going to deliver our, or our corporate citizens in St. Louis led by the Ascensions, led by the Emerson's of the world, led by the enterprises of the world. You know, they have shown up and delivered every single time we've ever asked them. And I don't expect anything different. I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, Jay, by the way, has his golf show on Sunday morning and his guest will be Jay Randolph senior, but I'm going to be with you tonight on channel two. Channel two has given us a half hour and we're calling this legends for the Lou. I'll moderate it. It's on a zoom call. It's myself, Jay Delsing, my guest here on 101 ESPN, Hall of Famer Ozzie Smith, Hall of Famer Bernie Federko, all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds go to Operation Food Search, and uh, we're, we're asking everybody if they if they have the means to do it, to donate, to help out people, because $1 you donate is like $10 in food for Operation Food Search. We'll be on the air tonight at 6.30. This is going to be a lot of fun, isn't it, Jay? Oh, Danny, we had a blast shooting up with you, and... Um, it was really, really fun, and the Ascension Charity Classic is sponsoring that, so they're donating money to Operation Food Search. And when I did some research on Operation Food Search, these these folks are just rock stars in the community, and they're feeding uh, upwards of 200,000 people a month, and some of the things that they do are just fantastic. And getting to hang out with uh, with you and Bernie and Ozzy and getting to 
you know, talk about Ozzy and the backflip and Bernie with the Stanley Cup and the Monday Night Miracle. And we talked a little bit about my dad with the, with the Eddie Goodell and, and the St. Louis Browns. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited about that. I so appreciate you, uh, you know, keeping us all together and uh, I, I'm really hoping that we can raise a hell of a lot of money for this community. Yeah, I'm so proud of it too and that'll be tonight at 6.30. There'll be a re-airing over the weekend on Channel 11. That's Jay Delsing. Jay, one of my best friends in the world. Thanks for coming on. I, I so appreciate it. Look forward to doing what we're going to do tonight. Yeah, any anytime, Danny. Can't wait. Can't wait to do another one. The text line is open, 65780, Air Comfort Service text line, Rhino Mic Drop, and a full segment of your texts are coming in. we got a bunch of good ones. Love to get to those, have the chance to visit with you via text, but why not? We're having some fun on a Friday. This is 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Colin Sherry is our producer. 1036 in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by our good friends at Clarkson Jewelers. Hubbard Radio's deserving delivery saying thank you to those helping our community. Today's very deserving delivery is going to the great folks working at St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Their awesome staff will be enjoying 100 meals today delivered by 1818 Chop House. Those meals are courtesy of Hubbard St. Louis and our good friends at Victory Men's Health. Thank you, Men's Health, Victory Men's Health, and our continued gratitude to all those great folks working in our medical community on the front lines from our station and the entire Hubbard St. Louis radio family. You know, after Tom's B&E arrest, uh, you know, with the ankle <laughs> monitor, he couldn't leave the state. Uh, so it had to be in Florida. Uh, Tiger and I talked to the sheriff in Tampa. He's going to be allowed to go to Palm Beach to play. Uh, I'll be honest, I've never played Tom very well on his home turf. And so maybe this is considered a neutral site. And I would have loved to have had this tournament in a place where they don't like Tom very much. Indianapolis, Denver, Boston, you know, after he just betrayed them and broke their hearts. So Palm Beach is the best we can probably do. Uh, I love look, it. I think the teams are fair. I think, uh, you know, Phil chose the right partner and Tom together. You know, they have 11 championships. Tiger and I have 17 the way I count it. Right, Tiger? I love it. Tiger then grabbed his green jacket and showed that off. And Colin, you know, you wanted me to to play the Tom Brady soundbite, right? I did. And on on second thought, I think think Peyton Manning left out a city – where Tom Brady is hated. Well, he did say New England, I think. Did he? He did he say he did okay. say New England. Well, oh, he St. said Louis. Denver. What do you think, St. Louis? And he forgot about St. Louis. I'm not playing the Tom Brady soundbite. No, he's not getting airtime on the Danny Mac scoops with Danny Mac show. Are you kidding me? No play for TB12 here. He's no good around here. So that was Tom uh, Brady and Peyton Manning and some trouble going back and forth. Those two will team up with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. It's a charity match to benefit COVID-19 relief, which is great. And that will be at Medalist on May 24th. And before we get to the Air Comfort Service text line, a couple of stories that grabbed my attention uh, this morning. Speaking of a couple of football players, the NFL schedule was released yesterday, and the league indicated the Super Bowl could be pushed back by weeks, even a couple of months, if they have to do it because of what's going on in our everyday lives. 
NFL, though, moving forward, and it concedes nothing to the pandemic. We've got a lot of text to get to on the Rhino Shield, Mike Drop, also Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. Danny Mack, wish baseball was going on so we can get your input, and believe me, I do too, and as we move forward with this show, people have asked me, well, when baseball comes back, are you going to stop doing the show? And the answer is no. Matter of fact, <clears throat> we're going to be doing a ton of baseball, and this time slot allows me to do that, even if there's day games. So, hey, 101's invested in me. I'm invested in them, and uh, I'm in this for the long haul. Why couldn't everyday players play every day? That's from the 636, and you're referring to what we were talking about in the opening segment. If you missed it yesterday, we had shortstop Paul DeYoung on the program and I had brought up the idea that we are focused so much on pitchers during spring training 2.0 getting ready for the regular season and there's so much more to what goes on with this it's the everyday players too staying on their feet and Paul said he's been actually trying to stand up in his kitchen in his living room taking walks at Forest Park if you missed the interview he's uh, been working out with Colton Wong and they've been going down to St. Louis University Darren Hendrickson and that ballpark that's there it's very nice and they've been getting through some of their workouts down there they have not opened up the Cardinals facility yet no baseball facility has opened up to the players but they're trying to actually walk around with weights around their waist just to have a real uh, realization that they're going to be on their feet a ton there may not be off days, and you know what? Bottom line is, it's a hard sport to play in the middle of the summer if you haven't been preparing. So it just does go beyond the pitchers. It's everyday players, and that's where that roster expansion could be very, very big. And it's interesting that you had that conversation with Paul DeYoung because there was a lot of discussion coming into this year about finding more rest for Paul DeYoung because he was a guy that was out there every single day and no joke about it i mean i think he played like 158 games right. or something last year so, so he's he's one of those guys that he understands he needs to be ready for that situation coming into this season edmundo sosa had a very good camp and that's a player that's not talked about enough and his defense i think could be elite not good but elite in the major leagues and now his bat is starting to come on. And it started in winter ball. He started hitting the ball for power, carried over to spring training. If he didn't make the club, he was going to be one of the last cuts. And the other thing that we saw was that Tommy Edmond can play shortstop. They did that a lot in spring. They had to find that out. And they found out, no surprise, Tommy Edmond could play anywhere on the diamond. Hell, he played in the outfield last year in meaningful games. So uh, I, I do think that once rosters expand, and let's just say you might have a 40-man roster that you have, and then take 26 to 30 players each game, and it rotates kind of like hockey, healthy scratches, whatever – those guys could be factors uh, coming forward. Danny Mack, if players and owners don't have a season it's and it comes down to lack of money, I'm out. By the way, love the show. It would definitely be an awful look. You know, if, if players would agree to say, look, I'm up for the testing, I'm willing to do it. And by the way, there's going to be some that I think say, I'm not comfortable with it. I've made generational type money. I want to be with my my family and my kids. I get it. And I've got no problem with that. But I, I will say this, if it's a money issue, the general public doesn't want to hear it. U.S. unemployment rate this morning, I just read, hit 14.7 in the latest report, and that's the highest rate since the Depression. So if you're going to be arguing over money during Great Depression times, that ain't going to fly. People aren't going to like that at all. Danny Mack, heard the Dylan Carlson discussion in the open. Love it. Love the show. 
Uh, if Carlson plays, where is it? Can play all three outfield spots. Played a lot of left field in spring training. Right field, in talking with those that are with the club, um, right field is where I think he winds up as far as the lineup. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but long term, I think it will be right field. In terms of the lineup, where does he start? So let's just say he's going to be part of this if they come back and play. I'm positive. We're going to play. Let's just say he's there. I think they start him lower in the lineup. Now, I could also counter that by saying, because if it was lower in the lineup, I think there's less pressure. But we don't have 162 games. It's going to be a race to the finish. And if he gives you the best chance to win, and he's a left-handed bat, right-handed bat, he gives you flexibility. So I could see both sides of it. I think they'd start him, though, lower in the lineup, not to put as much pressure on him. And then all of a sudden, he moves up as the season goes on, and he's got to produce. Dan, from the 314, love the show. Heard you talking about Jordan Hicks. If he's not closing, who does? I don't think he would close immediately because you want to ease him back in. You don't want to just say, all right, Tommy John time is over. His rehab is over. Go get him. You know the guy's going to be throwing as hard as he can. That's just innate. That's what he does. I think bullpen by committee. No particular order. Ryan Helsley, Andrew Miller, Junior Fernandez, and here's a wild card in there. Henesis Cabrera. Short season. Teams will need arms. How do you use Cabrera? How do you use Helsley? Could be a starter. He was getting some starts down in the, down in spring training, but I do think that's the direction that they would go. It'd be a bullpen by committee. This is from the 314. Love the interview with Jay Delsing. Such a great guy. I'll be watching tonight at 630. Absolute treasure. Yeah. Jeez, what are you, his agent? <laughs> Any chance the program tonight can be viewed on another platform, YouTube, Facebook, etc., for those outside the St. Louis viewing area? I don't know, but I'll try to find out, and I'll put it on my Twitter feed, at Danny Mac TV. Um, let's see. I like this one. 618. Dan, enjoying your work this week, Scoops with Danny Mac. You were talking about Albert Pujols' numbers earlier this week. Have you ever considered his numbers when... You include postseason play. Actually, I have. Um, regular season, he's closing in on 3,000. Let me call it up. He's closing in on 3,000 regular season games. There it is. Okay, so he's got 2,823 regular season games. How about this, Colin? His average, take a guess what his average is right now. Lifetime average. It's, it's around like 299 or 298, something like that, Round right? up, baby. He's an even 300. Okay. Now, imagine retiring at 299 or saying, yeah, I played 20-plus seasons, and uh, by the way, I'm a 300 hitter in the big leagues. I mean, that's incredible. 656 home runs, okay? He's got over 2,000 runs batted in, 2,075. His, let's see, now postseason, he's got 77 games, lifetime average over 330 in the postseason. How about that? Unbelievable. So his lifetime average is above 300 if you include the postseason. This is from the 314, and this will be the final one since Albert Pujols' contract is up after next year. Do you see Pujols returning to the Cardinals, retiring as a Cardinal in a Cardinal red jacket in the Cardinals Hall of Fame? Well, yeah, I could see it. Do I think it's going to happen? No, um, because he's a diminishing player, and the Cardinals have been all about the competition and saying that we're going to put the best player out there. Part of this is that you have to have the DH in the National League. I think it's coming, whether you like it or not. We may have seen the final days of the pitcher hitting in Major League Baseball in the National League because everything's on the table now with baseball. It's a it's a blank slate, if you will, blank canvas. So we're going to have all these different things in terms of 
how the game is played. So we've talked about that. Doubleheaders are seven innings. Winning run at second base and extra innings. DH is implemented. So as it pertains to Albert, you either want him as a 42-year-old guy that could have some real down moments and it kind of might be uncomfortable to watch. It, let's just say, for hypothetically, that he's coming back to St. Louis. However, let's say we have a vaccine and fans are coming back and they're going back to the ballpark in droves. I'd buy a ticket to watch number five hit a bomb, strike out, get a single. I don't care. Number five is sentimental. I'm a sentimental guy. I, I think a lot him. of people would. I think, you know, there, there are a lot of hardcore fans that are sensible about this subject. They realize it might not be the greatest decision for the team, but I think there are a much larger majority of fans that want to see number five back in that Cardinal uniform with the birds on the bat. It just means so much to so many people in well, this area. It's fun to talk about because when we come out of this pandemic, um, and we will, and we will have baseball, and we're going to have sports back, and it'll be great, and they're all going to come back, and it's going to explode. But the financial side of this, man, baseball owners are just getting destroyed because there's no fans in the stands. And roughly 40% of their revenue is with people in the seats for all the various things that they can bring. A ticket sold, uh, the popcorn, the hot dog, the beer, the soda, parking, all that kind of stuff that goes into it. And if this is a guy that would bring people back and get you fannies in the seats, I don't know. Something to think about. I'd throw it out there. Colin, great job. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Rivs BK crossover next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Rivs BK coming up. I'm Dan McLaughlin. This is Scoops with Danny Mac. You can always go to my website as well, scoopswithdannymac.com. I have a long interview with Ben Fredrickson. I posted uh, this morning. I think one of the most interesting things that I got into in the hour, and it's... I always say this. I tell my kids this, whether it's right or wrong, and some people may grimace when I say this. I always tell them, follow the money. You know, follow <laughs> the money. When you watch decisions being made, follow the money. And so one of the things going on right now with Major League Baseball, and I, I want to get a former player's perspective on this because I think it's fascinating. I, I said that if Major League Baseball, you know, they're, they're going to give a proposal to the players here in about a week or within the week. And some players are saying, look, we already gave in. You know, we're not giving in anymore. So you could see the the heads budding here a little bit. I mentioned that the unemployment rate in in, uh, in the United States this morning hit 14.7. Okay? That's depression-type rates. If that is a deciding factor and they don't play, <laughs> I got a real problem with that. I do. Now, if a player says, I don't want to play because I, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable, I don't feel like it's a healthy environment, whatever. I want to spend the time with my family. I get it. I don't begrudge that at all. That's your decision. But that ain't going to fly with fans if it's down to money. If they agree that they have the testing and people are going to be, quote, you know, hopefully safe, I, I have a problem with that. Now, Rivs, you, you've been there. You, you've been through the lockouts. You've been through, you know, the headbutting as a player and going with your union brother and, and saying we're not going to play. What do you think players are, are going to say to, to some of these things that are out there? And then the the basically the eye test of that for the casual fan that supports you. Yeah, well, look, there's always a divide. There is, because, and it's weird because it's sectioned off to where you have your super elite player in that sport, and, you know, they, they kind of move the needle in whatever direction it needs to go in with the, the head officials from the league. But they're, quite honestly, they're the least affected by almost everything. And it's really weird because those guys carry the loudest voice, but they're the least affected. Because if Mike Trout, 
per se, mm-hmm. doesn't want to play. He's fine. He's going to go back, be there for the birth of his new baby. He's not going to default on a car payment. He's going to make his mortgage payment. He's just fine. But the, the bubble player, the depth player who needs this paycheck, who hasn't been able to provide for his family, doesn't have a huge nest egg at home, his voice is the smallest one available because because that's where he is, right? And so, But he's the one that's most affected by all this. Well, this is so unique, and it's different than other times. Okay, so the optics for this, for the sport, for the players, for the owners, and let's face it, do players realize that nobody is playing that means there's no fans in the stands. That means owners aren't making their money. Do players care? Do they realize that? Uh, as a player, I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's not that I'm better than some guys, but some guys really don't care. They don't care. That's my point. They, some guys feel like it's a privilege for the owners to have the players there, and the, all these guys make millions and billions of dollars, and I don't care. If they go broke, I don't care. I just want to be paid. Some guys absolutely but then the other guys know that it's a business and it's a two-way street, especially these days. What do you think, BK? I think we're in a situation where it's a bad look for the players if they don't go out there and play. I'm with you, Danny. I I think we are in a spot right, right now. Right or wrong, it's just, it's, that's the optics. Yeah, I think we're in a spot right now where everybody wants sports to return. And if you've got the owners who are saying, let's get these out there, let's get them out there. But, you know, we're taking a huge financial hit right now. We can't have people come into these games. We've already missed out on 60 games so far. This is not going to be the same revenues that we would typically expect. And so, players, if you could help us out a little bit here to make this possible so we're not taking a bath to put these games on, that would be helpful for us. If the players then come back and return and say, no, we'd rather not play, I think that's a rough look for the players. And I'm typically pro player, but I I think this would be a bad one. Me too. What do you have coming up for the show? Coming up today, we've got Marley Rivera. She's going to come on at about 1 o'clock. She talked with the MLBPA executive director earlier this week, so I'll be curious what that conversation was like. She also had the uh, Molina That's coming up on Wednesday. We're hoping to have her again next week after that conversation, but we want to talk to her about that. And then Albert Pujols comments. I want to get her reaction to that. So we'll get all that coming up with Marley Rivera and Greg Wyshynski is coming up at noon. Colin, great job. Thanks. Uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great show, guys. Rivs BK coming up on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.